Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and today we're coming back with a Q&A session, as in if you follow the at Not Your Average Joe Pod Instagram account, you have submitted questions, which I will now answer to the best of my abilities. Before we get into this episode, I do want to give you guys a huge, huge shout out. Thank you for reposting the podcast on your Instagrams. Thank you for following the podcast. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel to get the visuals. If you haven't submitted your five-star rating yet, please do, because that's the main way for me to track if y'all are liking these episodes or not and personally it's been a weekly research project for me which is just exciting so thank you for motivating me to think of new concepts every week to think of interesting guests to have discussions with next week I will be back with a guest episode but today it's going to be a solo jolo kind of a conversation where I get to talk to you, see where your head's at, you see where my head's at, we could all be in each other's heads, you know what I'm saying? Kill the intro, sis! You know she's not your average Joe, not your average Joe. So here's a life update so you see contextually like where I'm at. I've been in London for about a month now, which is insane. And I've just been making all kinds of friends. Like I have so many social plans that I'm booking out two weeks in advance. And I'm like, damn, I need more days in the week. And it's crazy because when I decided to move here, the vision was to kind of flip my energetic soil in Connecticut. I love my house. I love my family nearby. I love being close to New York for my college friends. But what I really missed living in Connecticut was that social interaction with people that you could just meet on the street or even on Instagram. Like you guys have been DMing me and I've been meeting up with some of you. So overall, this has been the most focused and habit driven that I've been ever in my life. I've been running every day. I've been studying language every day. I've been journaling every day. I'm now baking writing into my schedule weekly. I've been creating every day. So it is the focus that I've craved and it's not just work. So after a long day of like being super motivated, super focused, I can go out and hang out with people. And I think that's what I was craving and that's what I'm finally achieving here. However, I know y'all knew there was a but coming. The but in this scenario is that I really do miss my family. I miss home. Like I genuinely get homesick. And I don't know if you travel often and you still feel this way, but if you do, it's relatable. I've been living far away from my family for years. In the last two years when the pandemic hit, I made the pandemic decision to buy my house and I moved closer to them and it created this safety net, this like very docile, gentle lifestyle that I hadn't had in several years because I was living across the country in California by myself. And, you know, it's crazy now 
because I'm 30 years old. I've done this for a decade and I'm homesick. What? So I've been calling my family, checking in with them regularly, sending texts in the family group chat. And I wanted to share that because I feel like most people don't talk about this when they travel a lot. Like they don't talk about the sacrifice that comes with going after what you want. And I guess this is a good way to set the tone for this episode. And what I've been thinking a lot about recently is like, what am I sacrificing and for what? I went on a wormhole looking up the etymology of the word to sacrifice. And I I came up with the fact that sacrifice comes from the religious principle of giving something for this holy entity And in return, you get something else. So when you think about what you're sacrificing, I think it'd be really wise to think of it on on like the spiritual plane. Like, what are you giving up? And why is it so important to you to give it up? And like, I'm answering that question for myself, right? Like, what am I getting in London that is worth missing time with my family? And I think for me, it's peace of mind, it's productivity, and it's connecting to the world and people around me. But that sacrifice will have its limit because when I feel replenished energetically, I'm going to run my booty back home and be with my family, my niece and nephews. I guess the point is here that even if you think you have it figured out, there's always a twist. And that's the great paradox of being human. If you've ever felt homesick while traveling a lot, even though you're traveling and living your dreams, please send me a DM or post it on your stories or comment on the Not Your Average Joe Pod Instagram account. I need to know if I'm not the only one who is super happy and pleased with their life, but still has this tinge of melancholy. Maybe I'm just a melancholy person that kind of like loves diving into the emotional side of life. Or maybe I'm just the only one talking about the fact that when you travel, it's kind of sad sometimes. It's beautiful, but sad all in one. And then when I zoom out, I'm like, wow, my whole life has been this paradox of sacrificing, whether it was moving from Brazil to the States and the great new opportunities that presented themselves came at the expense of not being near my family, my dad, my cousins, uncles, aunts, grandparents, or if it's going to college in Manhattan and sacrificing time with my family, same thing applies for like starting to travel all over the world and growing a YouTube channel. Like that all came with the sacrifice of time with friends, family, or building genuine relationships because I was always on the move. And now I find myself back in the same cycle of sacrifice, of chasing one thing and something else that's very dear to me being the cost one thing I want to talk about with sacrifice is like you got to enjoy the wins because so much was sacrificed to get that win so if you are paying the price right now or like sacrificing one thing that you really care about for something else try to figure out how to make that thing that you're chasing as worthwhile as possible because the price you're paying is not cheap. Damn, I'm getting all philosophical, y'all. It's like, I gotta get my third cup of coffee to start talking like this. So now, question number one in this Q&A. Great question, and it has to do with this. Hello underscore Sonoma asks, what was the moment you felt like you reached the big next level? So let me go down memory lane here for a second. Let's see. Uh, I think there have been several next big levels in my life. One of the main ones was when I got my first credit card. I was 18. It was a Discover card and the limit was only $200. And the reason why it was a big next level for me was because I realized I could actually start financial independence. And I got it strategically because I wanted to buy an iPod. And I knew that I could use the credit card and then pay off the credit card and get the iPod. And that changed my whole life. 
And I think so much of what I've accomplished is with the same basic principle of like working towards something, paying it off, working towards the next thing, paying it off. And now I just like avoid debt as much as possible. Then after that, the next big moment was college. Same thing. It was an investment mindset. I've always had this investment mindset. When I applied to college and got in and didn't really get too much financial aid, I was worried because I was like, how am I going to repay this? And then my mind went into solution mode and... I did seven internships while in college and worked several jobs as like a waitress and hostess at restaurants and anything I could get my hands on because in my mind I was determined to pay back that debt as soon as possible and I did and that was the next big moment when I clicked pay in full to the college loans that had amounted to like 70k and then after that there wasn't a next big moment until I decided to abandon ship from a project and company that I had worked on for several years like that was a huge moment because I knew I wasn't fulfilled anymore like I knew the mission was accomplished as far as my soul was concerned and this is like when I left the Damon and Joe era and shut up and go I wanted to live on forever and it still does which I'm super happy about on the Facebook group if you're part of the shut up and go Facebook group that's where people find travel buddies and things like that but I knew that I wanted to make different content I wanted to branch out I wanted to see what I could do on my own and the next big moment for me was saying to myself I am ready to move on and I'm willing to jump into the deep end and see what happens because I know how to swim and that's exactly the same time when I was asked to audition for the Netflix show so it wasn't so much that the Netflix show when I got it that wasn't the next big moment for me the next big moment for me was when I decided that I wanted something else and I was willing to start diving into what was scary and then the outcome of that was the universe gifting me with the job on Netflix but the, the actual job was not the big moment of course it was it was a huge moment like I'm not going to discount that it was a big deal but really it was like internally me coming to terms with the fact that one chapter of my life had ended and it was time for the next chapter and the same thing applied when the show ended there was like this six month period of me not knowing what to do with my life and with myself because I had abandoned a million subscribers on a YouTube channel I had finished the show and then I was like what what's next and the next big moment for me was when I realized I want to build things for other people and, and here we are. And this is why this podcast was born. This is why Joe Club was born. This is why I'm working on a company for language learning. So there's not been one moment where I'm like, I made it. But I think all of the moments where I've had ruthless belief in myself were those moments where I was like, this is the next level. Because now I have the mindset to achieve the next level. And that's some food for thought. Megan Daisy 21, she asks, I'm wanting to do a solo trip by myself, but I'm nervous about being alone slash lonely in Madrid for two nights. Baby girl, honestly, that little fear is a good thing. Unless it's like your gut telling you that something's critically wrong, then it's then you got to know your gut signals. But I think even for me, anytime I'm doing things alone, there is a moment where I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? Or like when I was in Greece, the last trip I took, I went to Crete. I got a little language shy. I had to explain this whole complicated story about like having owed somebody money in this grocery store because they gave me a free water bottle and I had to come back and explain in the past tense in Greek, like, hey guys, I was here and I didn't have cash. So I'm paying for the bottle that I bought yesterday. I was a little hesitant and a little nervous and a little scared. And usually people will like, take the easy road out and either avoid doing it altogether or trying their hardest to use their crutches with English or bringing a friend along. But I was like, no, this fear that I have is healthy and it's good because if you're living a life that's far too comfortable, you won't really grow. So that fear is just you stepping out of your comfort zone. That's the main ingredient 
before evolution happens within you. So I say, take that fear, turn it into fuel, and you take your solo trip. And I've made an episode about safety tips so that you're safe when you're traveling alone. Like that is something that I always stress that safety is the number one priority whenever you're doing anything alone, especially if you're a woman, a minority, or somebody that you know could be perceived as something other than what the locals are used to. That's always a, a reason for you to study up on the place that you're going to know as much as possible. But I will also link the solo travel tip episode in the show notes because it is a helpful one. Like, oh, you got to keep it real. Safety is a priority. But if you're afraid mentally because you're just feeling a little hesitant, that's your signal. You got to do it because you'll feel so much better and more alive and proud of yourself. And that pride is what grows confidence. And then the next time you do it, it won't be so scary. I honestly think solo travel skills are transferable into other aspects of your life because when you travel alone and you feel confident to take care of yourself, you feel more confident in general. Like you can walk into a room and carry yourself, taking more of, of your space. That confidence attracts a lot of great opportunities, a lot of great people your way. Yeah, I could go on and on about solo travel, but I already made this episode, so listen to it if you haven't given it a listen yet and if you have any more questions about solo travel send me a dm on my instagram or the show's instagram and i'll use it to get back to you for another q a episode rice bubble four asks where's somewhere you've traveled to that was different than what you expected hmm i think havana cuba was really different than what i was expecting because I don't know why I had this vintage image of Havana with these like convertibles driving by the water. And you have that as well. But what was shocking to me was that there was this whole local section where the residents actually lived and the tourists were secluded to, to the left of the town. And so the tourists weren't seeing the poverty that was happening in the neighborhoods where the locals lived. And it was really sad because I was in the middle of the local area. So I was really seeing, like I would walk every day in the middle of the streets where locals lived and you would just see these houses that didn't have any windows and people were living essentially on the street because there was no airflow in their homes and it was so hot that it's like, how can you survive in, in an apartment with no windows when it's like 35 degrees Celsius, like 100 degrees Fahrenheit? So it was really sad to see the, the poverty and how no one really talks about that when they talk about Havana. In general, people don't really talk about poverty when they're, when they're talking about travel and that kills me as a whole concept that like, how can you as a tourist enjoy a place when people are living in squalor? just next door which is why i always recommend giving back to the locals shopping at local stores making sure that you're doing some research about where your dollars are going we can't be heroes but it is something that i've started thinking about when i travel a lot to the same places as well because you start seeing the damage that tourism is doing to places so uh if you have any resources on conscious travel sustainable travel please let me know if you watched the netflix show you saw me geek out about like sustainability and any property that was net zero which meant that they they broke even with their electricity consumption any renewable energies in the properties was my jam like we were at this property in South Carolina and I remember being more interested to go underneath the house to see all of the like eco-friendly and sustainable gadgets that they had than inside the house. Like I was doing a house tour underneath the house because I was so stoked about the batteries that were getting charged by solar panels on the roof. I think in the next decade of my life, that's definitely where I'm going to head. It's like, yes, we love travel. Yes, we love seeing the world, but how can we do it more intentionally and sustainably so that these places that we love can remain beautiful for our niece nephews children grandchildren like all of the little ones what a shame would it be if my niece and nephews cannot experience 
the best places in the world because we've damaged them in our lifetime. Like that sucks. That's just bad manners. More on that coming soon. I might even find a scientist or somebody in sustainability to discuss how can we travel sustainably because I'm, I'm like definitely into that topic and it's not even to be interested in. It's like it's an essential topic to discuss. Here's another brilliant question. What keeps you motivated when you might be feeling discouraged? Honey, you know, this is a lifelong discussion here. When I woke up this morning, I was so tired because I haven't really slept well because of the heat here in London. But I have goals and I'm like, I want to run on a daily basis. I want to work out on a daily basis. I want to journal on a daily basis. And I've started this habit where I have like a literal habit tracker. And it's so gratifying to check off the things that I want to do daily. So I think a huge tip that I have here is make a habit tracker for yourself and just write four to five habits that you know will be good for you to keep and try to do as many of them daily as possible because it becomes like autopilot once you do it often so even though I was unmotivated today I was tired I just got my shoes on got my running clothes on and I went outside and ran and then I came back home I made a cup of coffee I journaled on the balcony because that's another habit of mine and then I got to work and I started creating things which is another habit of mine and then in the afternoon I'll read a book which is another habit of mine and I'll study Greek at some point which is another habit of mine and Doing those things every day, regardless of what comes into my inbox or who texts me or what plans I have, like those things keep me motivated because after a week of doing that, you start seeing improvements. And when you see improvements, you get jazzed up because you see you're growing and there's nothing more motivating than your own growth. But you have to track your progress. You know, there's the psychology of before and after pictures in the workout space. I think of all of these other things that I do in the same category, which is like, here was my Greek level before. Take a video of yourself, write in a journal entry. And then after 20 days of consistently journaling or consistently practicing Greek, like here's my progress, here's where I'm at now. And you can visibly see how everyday habits will make huge changes. And when you see that, you're like, I am capable of everything and more and anything is possible, but it becomes this exercise of reverse engineering what you want to accomplish, who you want to become, breaking those down into daily habits, and then just staying accountable. Get an accountability partner, join Joe Club as a journaling habit initiative. Like These are things, there are resources out there for you to kind of keep yourself accountable. I really do believe in doing it because you deserve it. It's like a self-love affirmation every time you do those habits that you know are good for you that you know will grow you into the person you would like to become you're telling yourself I believe in you I care about you enough to carve out this time and I love you and we're dope like that's what I think habits really mean deep down healthy habits that is ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was thinking about this recently as well that like, okay, this podcast, for instance, it's been going on since October. It's almost a year old. And now people are starting to discover it, which is nuts because that means that every single week I've had to think of new episodes. I've had to interview guests. I've had to sit down, record. I've had to edit those episodes. I've had to re-edit those episodes. I've had to build the Instagram account, hire an assistant to help with the cut downs, consistently think of how to link everything together. How does it all make sense? Post it on podcasts streaming platforms and then start doing the visuals on YouTube and I've done that every single week consistently for almost a year and only now are people starting to realize that I have a podcast and and that is what habit does like now whether people listen or not it doesn't matter because making these episodes has become a part of my week and it's crazy because even though I'm not doing this for returns like I genuinely want to have these conversations with you guys and with other people that I interview or I'm going to read these books that I'm reviewing I'm now starting to see the benefits and and that's cool because when you do something out of habit you're not in it for the reward at the end of the tunnel you're in it for the process it's like it's the cheesy thing of like I'm here doing this for the journey not for the destination and that's everything else that is good for you it's like you don't eat healthy because you want to be skinny you eat healthy because you like eating healthy. You don't work out because you want to be super sexy. You work out because you know that that process is meditative and it's good for you. And your body needs that exercise, like actually needs that exercise. You shouldn't be learning language to just be fluent. You should be enjoying the puzzle that you're giving your brain to decipher new words in a foreign language because it makes your brain sharp. All of these things that will eventually amount to something spectacular, they are just the outcome of this journey that we can enjoy if we do things in a more fun way. So like, I'm going to keep doing this podcast and see where it goes, but it's really crazy that this too is a habit. Speaking of fitness, I am Maurice LaMurphy asks, could you please share what you eat on a day-to-day basis and your workout routine, your body goals? Thanks, baby girl. Honestly, I have my ups and downs with fitness and with nutrition just because traveling a lot is so challenging to have a good routine. And that's something I had to learn the hard way when you've traveled for so many years where it's like your skin is breaking out, your body starts to ache, you're eating this like fried food just because it's a delicacy of the local culture. And honestly, what I've come down to like realize is I will not stop living for the sake of being extremely healthy but what I will do is carve out specific times in my life where it's like indulgent time versus focus routine nutritious time now in London I've had a great routine for the last month I intermittent fast which means I don't eat until like noon I just don't like eating breakfast I never really did but I basically wake up I drink tons of water like at least two cups of water I will work out in the morning if I'm feeling motivated the best days that I have I work out early in the morning and then I come back home I make a cup of black coffee after I've been awake for like an hour an hour and a half that's a hack I heard on Huberman lab where it prevents afternoon crash so I'll link his podcast in the show notes dope man dope scientist tons of like great hacks on how to kind of optimize your routine 
based on how our bodies work, scientifically speaking. So after my cup of coffee, my hunger is basically curbed. I get to work around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting on my computer editing. And then I'll do that till noon. At noon, I stand up. I walk around, I might play a podcast to catch up on the news, and then I'm cooking while I'm doing this. Or I'm listening to my Greek Pimsleur so that I'm multitasking, learning Greek and cooking. And I've been cooking vegan food. I don't really eat cheese or drink milk unless I'm traveling. So no dairy at all. Today for lunch, I had brown rice, beans, roasted sweet potatoes, parsnips, uh, fake vegan meat, and like a vegetable medley. And I had made dal for the week, like red lentil dal. So I've just been eating red lentil dal for every meal. It's delicious. And your girl can cook. Like no one really ever asks because they assume I never am in a kitchen but like I love cooking and it's a part of my meditation to get my mind right so usually during the weekend or like some weeknights I'll stay in and just cook a huge batch of something delicious and have that for the whole week since I'm busy working and then I finish that lunch have another cup of coffee to pick me up and then I work again until like whatever five six I might have a snack it could be oatmeal like overnight oats that I've made the night before in the fridge or banana which I don't really love but I've been trying to eat healthy granola with berries in it a dark chocolate and then for dinner I don't know like sometimes I just eat what I had for lunch controversial I know or sometimes I'll uh, make like a veggie patty on the very rare occasion I'll go out to eat now during the week I don't really like doing that because I don't like spending money. Confession, gotta act broke to stay rich. But if I am eating out, now I'll eat a salad. And this is just because I'm in my extreme, healthy, not really drinking alcohol, eating vegan phase. But check in next month because I'll probably be eating like burgers and pizza and drinking tons of wine. And this is just me. It's not the best, but it's what I do. And that usually buys me time to be nutritious enough so that when I go back on the road it all balances out. Like I stay at a consistent weight because of this extreme to relaxed ratio of fitness and nutrition. Somebody asked the same question, right? Like how do you stay consistent with new hobbies or habits? This was asked by Gabby Lopez 26. So I guess that's the theme of the conversation. It's like habit building and staying consistent. The main motivator for me is always just remembering all of the things that I've ever accomplished have been a culmination of these habits. So when you realize that, you just reverse engineer it and you say, okay, I want to do this. So let me reverse what those steps look like. It's not easy. It's a muscle, right? Like no one said that these things are easy, but that's why I really like 21 day challenges for myself. I'll basically decide, okay, today is the 21 day challenge for Greek or today is the 21 day challenge for reading every day, working out every day. And you just keep yourself accountable because you know you will have transformed by the end of those 21 days. I'm definitely in the process of working on another 21 day language challenge, not only for you guys, but for me, y'all already know the drill. If you're not already subscribed to my newsletter, please sign up for the newsletter because when I launch these projects of like 21 day language challenge or whatever challenges, because I want to do more challenges, you will be the first to know. There will likely be a discount code. The newsletter that the Joe Club team has put together is amazing. So I would love for you to be a part of that as well. Overall though, I do think having an accountability partner is a hack no one talks about. So I keep this like very specific habit tracker that's in front of one of my journals and you can look at yourself every day and then at the end of the week you're like okay what habit am I not doing enough of and one habit that I couldn't get the hang up doing was writing I journal but writing to me is considered something else it's like I'm writing a memoir right now and I need to sit for hours at a time and focus so I went on Instagram and I posted on my Instagram stories 
hey, does anybody know any writers here in London? I want to start an accountability partnership. Next thing you know, I scheduled this writing session and we just sat there and wrote for four hours and I got more work done in that four hour chunk of time than I have in two months. And she got her work done too. And we looked at each other, we're like, damn, we got to do this on a weekly basis because I already know that these weeks turn into months, which turn into to six months, which turn into a year. And if I even carve out one four hour chunk every week to do this, I will accomplish more than putting it off for weeks on end. That's a tip for, for me specifically. Like I know myself, I almost respect other people's time more than mine. And so when you're saying, I really want to do this and you just can't get the hang of it, maybe you want to loop someone into that activity and say, hey, can you just like be there, keep me accountable even if that's like hopping on a Zoom call and just sitting there while I do this and you work on something else and, and, and I do something else too, but I just want to make sure I carve out this time to do this. I'm curious if you will accomplish more and like turn that into a habit because it's so easy for me specifically to be like, oh, I have so much to do. I have to edit this episode. I have to edit this thing. I have a client thing to do. My website's broken. Let me fix it. And all of that will take time away from these habits that I want to form because I know that in the long run, these are the habits that'll make me get to the next level. Yet it's so easy to abandon ship on those habits when it's just you motivating yourself. So reach out to people and ask for help. Ask if they have things that they want to accomplish too and become accountability partners. Something else on the subject of habits that I've realized. So I've been here in London and I've been very distracted socially. This is such a good city to meet people. But one thing that I noticed in myself was that I was going out to bars and partying a lot and I was just like I would like to make friends with people who share habits that are healthy for me so I started looking up running clubs and this also came out of a Joe Club session because we were talking about like sustainable friendships and one thing that we discussed in the live journaling session was finding friends that share interests with you that you know are, are good for you so I signed up for a running club. I'm going to do a 6K this Friday. And I also found people in the writing community that I am planning on meeting up with so that I can write and meet people. Just like everything else, I love making things efficient, habit stacking or hobby stacking. If that means getting my socializing in while doing a habit or hobby that I've wanted to kind of do consistently I think that's the win-win and then also you'll attract people in the space that you are moving into yes it's fun to party and go out with people and meet random people but what I realize is like a lot of these people they don't have anything in common with me during the days there's nothing that we could talk about that makes any sense some of them are amazing friends and transferable into real life but like I also want to talk to people who are into creativity, who are filmmakers, who love learning languages, and just these people that would do these things with or without me in their lives. Usually that's your, your group of people. But in order to find that group of people, in order to find your people, you got to get a little creative with how you spend your time and the events that you sign up for. But the homework assignment is sign up for a class or look look up a group in your town that does the hobby or habit that you're trying to achieve. And if it does not exist, create your own. So many people DM me about the writing accountability partner here in London and they were like, Joe, I would love to be a part of this. And I'm like, damn y'all, maybe I might organize something like this, like a monthly writing session. But it's just a testament to the fact that you can create things that don't exist that you would like to be a part of and attract people into your life that you would be so lucky to have because there's similar, you know, interests there, there's synergy there. And these are the people that will motivate you when you're unmotivated. Really, it's just, you gotta get a little creative. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that these 
answers were helpful to you. I'm super stoked for the next sessions with people because I, I've missed interviewing people, honestly. Like, this is the second episode I've done by myself. And it's efficient to do it like this. But you know, I'm gonna run out of things to talk about. Unless you guys send me topics that you would like me personally to discuss, which I can. And I would love to hear your topics. So shoot me a DM with topic suggestions. If you like this episode and if you feel like it connects to a future accountability partner, a friend, a family member, please share the podcast. I would love to grow the Not Average Joe family. Leave the show five stars if you haven't already and review it on Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear. This episode was produced and edited by me. Thank you so much for everybody who submitted questions. Have an above average week because you, my dear friend, wherever you are in the world, you deserve it. Hey, yo, come listen to my girl, man. What you doing? Shit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.